Good morning, Grace people. How's everybody doing today? Good. Wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. We are studying the book of Proverbs this summer, and we are seeking wisdom from God as we live our lives out in service to our neighbors. And every week we've been pointing out something that's really important to understand about learning wisdom, and that is that wisdom doesn't save us. (laughs) Okay? Wisdom doesn't save us. Our wise works don't make us right before God. Only Jesus can do that. Jesus is the one who saves. Jesus is the one who accomplishes what he needs for our benefit. But Jesus' work within us produces righteous works for the benefit of our neighbors. You see, that is why we are looking into the book of Proverbs. As Martin Luther once said, God doesn't need your good works, your neighbor does. So as we listen to the words of wisdom, we're letting the, the Holy Spirit do his work in our lives so that we can be a blessing to our neighbors and so that we can wisely understand God's word and receive his gift of salvation through Jesus alone. That's what we're doing. So a simple question to ask is, what is a proverb? I mean, really, what qualifies something as a proverb? Well, there's a lot of variety of things that can qualify as proverbs. I would put a simple definition this way to say that a proverb is a simple saying that expresses a profound truth. Over history, people have experienced many, many different things, and the accumulation of all of that knowledge comes forth in wisdom where people are able to just kind of understand how things work in life, and then they can kind of synthesize it down to a simple phrase. Like there's an old phrase that used to be said quite often, which was a stitch in time saves nine. Maybe you've heard that one before. And for those of you who are not of a certain generation, you might be thinking, what on earth does that possibly mean? A stitch in time saves nine? Well, it simply means this. It means that to those who are sewers, if you've got a seam that is starting to come out and there's one stitch that needs to be fixed, you fix that one stitch now, otherwise it'll pull apart and you'll have many more stitches that'll have to be taken care of later. So a stitch in time saves nine stitches later. There's many of those kind of wisdom that have been gleaned and accumulated over the course of time. So on this 4th of July weekend, in preparation for July 4th, which is coming up on Tuesday, I thought I would share a few sayings that I think have kind of that proverb feel to them from some past presidents of the United States. So here's one. Worry is the interest paid by those who borrow trouble. I like that. That's George Washington, by the way. Then here's another good one. Old minds are like old horses. You must exercise them if you wish to keep them in working order. (laughs) That was John Adams, by the way, somebody who knew something about horses and farming. Here's another one. He who knows best knows how little he knows. That was Thomas Jefferson. And then here's one that I just love the kind of nature of this one. It's just a fun one. You have to do your own growing, no matter how tall your grandfather was. (laughs) That was Abraham Lincoln, who would know something about being tall. Yeah. There is great wisdom to be found in the words of wise leaders from the past. But as followers of Jesus, we are particularly interested in what the Bible calls wisdom from Above or wisdom on high or wisdom from heaven. That's what we want to dive into. 
This is the kind of wisdom that not only stands the test of time, but also speaks to the deepest needs of the human spirit and the human condition. Wisdom that builds communities and neighborhoods and cities and nations because these words shape the character of the people in those communities, neighborhoods, cities, and nations. That is the kind of wisdom that Proverbs chapter 8 is speaking about. Hear these words again. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. Solomon is making it clear in this passage that God's wisdom, the wisdom from on high, the wisdom from heaven, is meant to be spoken into the public sphere. It's meant to be shared out in the world. That includes every sphere of our public life. Commerce, art, governance, education, environment, all of those different arenas. God's wisdom is given to us to share and to speak into all of those different spheres. We hear it in these words, where the paths meet. This voice raises at where the paths meet. Those are crossroads. And in the ancient world, crossroads were places that when people met each other, they would stop to discuss the issues of the day. Somebody might be coming from one town or crossing paths with someone from another town, and they would spot each other on the road, and they would ask, well, what news is there from your village or from your town or from your city? And they would exchange information and, and share and talk with one another. It was a place for discussion and conversation. So were the city gates beside the gate leading into the city. The city gates were the spaces where, where people would gather together as people were coming and going from the city to debate, to deliberate, to discuss, to talk, to share together. These were the public spaces. And here we have this voice of wisdom speaking into these spaces. And you may have noticed something Wisdom is given the personification of a woman. I think that makes a ton of sense. <laughs> for many reasons. But I want to clarify that, that Solomon isn't speaking about a specific woman. He's just giving a feminine name to wisdom. And that would make sense too. Because in the ancient world, especially in Greece, the noun that is used to describe wisdom is a feminine noun. There's a name that is still a fairly popular name, even in common parlance today, which is the name Sophia, which means wisdom. Sophia means wisdom. So when you hear that word and when you think about those things, sophistry, philosophy, philosophy means the love of wisdom, there's places where that word crosses over. So, so there's this personification that is given to wisdom. She raises her voice. She calls out. She cries aloud. 
And that brings us to something else that's very important to understand about wisdom speaking into the public sphere. It's not about the volume of the voice, it's about the tone. The tone of voice. Anyone who has ever spoken about anything to anyone else (laughs) knows it's not just about what you say, but how you say it, right? I mean, think about this in in any kind of context of conversation that you're having with someone. It's why things like emails and text messages and, and internet conversations are so difficult because you can't detect someone's tone of voice. And tone of voice matters in the exchange of information, in having a healthy conversation. I mean, every parent and child knows these terms. How many parents have ever looked at their child in a moment of difficulty when their child is speaking to them and said, don't use that tone of voice with me, right? Or how many children on the opposite side have looked up at their parents as their parents are getting frustrated and are starting to raise their voice and says, please don't yell. Please don't yell. See, tone of voice matters in communication and in sharing with one another. And it certainly matters in the sharing of wisdom with one another and in the public square. Wisdom has a tone of voice into the public sphere. What is this tone of voice? Well, we hear about this tone of voice in James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. I want you to listen to this passage, speaking of wisdom, And hear about the different tones of voice and even the different kinds of wisdom that follow along with these different tones as it's coming to us from the Apostle James. James 3, beginning at verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by good deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Two very different kinds of wisdom, and they come with a different tone, a false wisdom that is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Well, what is the tone of this false wisdom? Over 16 says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition. Envy and selfish ambition. Let's dive deep and take a look at these two words. Envy comes from the Greek word zealos. It's where we get the term zealot. And a zealot is someone who has a fierce desire to promote one's own ideas and convictions to the exclusion of everyone else. A zealot is only able to hear their own ideas 
isn't interested in anybody else's ideas, and forcefully moves forward with their ideas. That's what it means to be a zealot, and that's what envy comes from in this passage. We hear a lot of this today in a lot of different corners, publicly and privately. People who are unwilling to listen to any other idea but their own. And they speak it forcefully and loud. But then let's take a look at this term, selfish ambition. Selfish ambition is taken from the Greek word, Erethea. It was used by the ancient Greeks to stand for, are you ready for this? Political parties. That's what the word means. A better translation of this particular passage would be a partisan or party spirit. Those who are interested in dividing. And there's a connection between these two. See, the zealot who refuses to listen to anybody else's opinion is drawn to get together with other zealots who all together form an opinion that they don't want anybody else to dare confront or deal with and to speak it loudly and with anger and to shout down anybody who would disagree. Sound familiar? Now here's the thing. If you've been coming to CGLC for any length of time, you know that we do not preach politics from this pulpit. We are here to learn Jesus, trust Jesus, and imitate Jesus. We long to be and make disciples of Jesus. We want to see grace in every corner of our community. That's it, and we're sticking to it. But every once in a while, someone will try and steer us or turn us off base from this. I received a phone call not too long ago from someone who was doing a little bit of church shopping. So not a member, not somebody who was already connected here, just doing some church shopping. And they wanted to see if they could have a conversation with me about this, and they left a message just asking about that. But at the end of their message, they said they wanted to see if their politics would mesh with our church. I didn't respond to that phone call. Because if you have to ask that question here, I already know this isn't going to be the place for you. We have people from all kinds of different backgrounds in this church. We have people who affiliate themselves with a wide variety of different political opinions and ideas. And that's all right. It's totally okay. Have those opinions. Talk about them. Talk about them with your brothers and sisters who are willing to engage in those conversations. It's all right. But don't ever let that be the lens through which you see Scripture. It should always be the other way around. We never see Scripture through our political lens. We see whatever our politics are through Scripture. And that keeps us focused and centered on Jesus. And that's where we're going to stay. Why? Because the outcome of doing the opposite, well, the Apostle James says exactly where that leads to. It leads to disorder and every evil practice. That's what a party spirit leads to. That is not the voice of wisdom from on high. 
We don't want that kind of spirit in this church. We desire the Holy Spirit and wisdom from heaven. And that sounds like verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. You see, that's the kind of wisdom that builds communities and neighborhoods and cities and nations because these words shape the character of the people in those communities, neighborhoods, cities, and nations. And friends, that is what I see over and over and over again here. It's what I see in you. We've had a busy couple of weeks here at Community of Grace. We had the community garage sale where we were out on that front porch, I would call it, right in the parking lot there with thousands of people from our neighborhood showing up and hundreds of volunteers out there showing hospitality to our neighborhood. And you know what was wonderful? It actually looked like our neighborhood out there. It was a diverse group of people from all around our community just showing up, showing up on our property and hanging out and sharing some time with one another and selling some goods and being with each other. And I didn't see anybody in an orange shirt getting in an argument or a fight with anybody over anything. Instead, what I saw was a spirit of hospitality, a spirit of being peacemakers, trying to show that love to our community. I had the joy of sitting in and selling hot dogs and brats. And I got to do it with my wife and with Glenda and and it, was, it was just wonderful to be able to be out there and hang out with one another and, and just do something simple. And all kinds of people came through the, through the line from every different kind of background, every different color of the spectrum. You just name it. They were all there. <laughs> and they came through just looking for a hot dog. And that's what we did. I saw that spirit. And here's the thing, folks. In the kind of day and age that we live in right now, when there was so much division out in the world... When the church gets so much bad press, sometimes earned, but oftentimes highly exaggerated, we are able to be out on our front porch here at Community of Grace, and I know that our neighbors and the people in this neighborhood think that this place is all right because of you, because of the kind of spirit that you share when you are out among them. Then I saw it again in VBS. Children from all kinds of different backgrounds, all kinds of different families, all kinds of different situations, showing up here just having a bunch of adults and teenagers and volunteers love them. Teach them about God. Help them to sing some songs and, and find some joy. That's the spirit that is at work in this place. And I want to see that spirit continue. If we're going to take seriously the question that I asked last week that we are asking of the Lord, Lord, what do you want to do with this 15 acres here in the middle of White Bear Lake to share the love of Jesus and bless our neighbors? What do you want to do? It's going to take that kind of spirit, a wisdom that we don't have from ourselves, but a wisdom that comes from on high that allows us to listen to one another and to our community to say, Jesus, how would you act and speak and walk and love. That's what we want to see. I believe we can. I believe I've seen it at work in this place in your hearts. 
And I trust and know that we will see more. As long as we stick to being about Jesus and nothing else. That's our challenge. To speak wisdom into the streets, into the neighborhoods, at the crossroads, at the city gate. Can we do that together? I believe we can. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for wisdom that comes from you. Thank you, Lord, that over the decades you have poured out that wisdom into this body here in White Bear Lake, the body of your son, Jesus Christ, and that we bow to no one but him. Father, thank you for sending wisdom to us through your word and through your living word in your son, Jesus Christ, to walk among us, to live among us, and through your spirit to breathe the spirit of life and wisdom into us, to let that fruit manifest in our hearts and in our lives, not so that we can talk about ourselves, but so that we can share who you are with our neighbors for their benefit. Father, in this moment, Lord, we turn away and reject any partisan spirit that would ever tempt to make its way into this congregation. And instead, Lord, we listen to your wisdom to be peacemakers into a world at war. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fill us and lead us as we go from this place out into the world with wisdom's voice on our lips and in our hearts. We pray this all together in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen.